Hello and welcome to episode number 48 of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast, where we talk all about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm Jim, and today we're going over tournament preparation. All right, so um, this week we, uh, we want to talk about a little something different. Um, I, I don't really think we've kind of dove into this topic yet no. on, on the podcast. Um, and honestly, we've really, <laughs> we haven't really had any real reason to. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, basically what we're doing is we're, we're, uh, we're getting ready for a tournament, <laughs> a, a, an Maybe actual, a few. probably a few, probably a few. Yeah. <laughs> probably a few. <laughs> um, so we kind of wanted to kind of give some tips, um, into how we think you should go about doing some tournament prep um, mm-hmm. and then kind of do a little bit kind of in real time. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we get into it, um, thanks everybody for watching. You know, we appreciate you. Thanks everybody for being here. Um, again, if you are not, if you're watching us on YouTube and not following us on any of the other social media platforms, head over to our website, www.hobbiesandhappiness.com. That'll take you to pretty much all of our social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, pretty much all of them you can yep. find at our website. And then also you can, um, instead of watching, you can listen to the podcast as well. We're on all the so all of the podcast platforms, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can check us out there. And then if you're listening, you can watch us as well over on YouTube. <laughs> so uh, if you aren't following us on the other platforms, why don't you head over there and do that as well? Um, we appreciate everybody who's listening and taking part, and you guys are making it worth it. Thank you very much. So, all right, we're gonna jump right in. So, um, all right, I, I, I think I think we found out about this tournament through Avi, right? Yeah. yeah. So, a f- about a week ago, I think I think it was about a week ago. Um, one of our friends from our community, Avi, hit us up and told us about a local. Magic Modern tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, Magic the Gathering. Um, if you're if you're not familiar, and I th- we've we've t- we've touched on this um, in past episodes about the different formats, right? Um, so this is a modern format. Modern. All right, what cards are legal in modern? Goes all the way back to it goes what? all the way back to eighth edition. Eighth edition. Which I want to say like 2010. Something okay. along those lines. Okay, let me. I'm gonna see if I can find. Yeah, that, I don't remember exactly, or maybe the format came out in 2010, something along those lines. I want to say like eighth edition was around that point. Legal, um, eighth edition was around. You're thinking would be around 2010. Yeah, I think so. It's not like it's. Yeah, yeah, it does. It yeah, it is. It is eighth edition. Okay. So eighth edition. I'm just gonna pull it up yeah. here on MT. I think this is MTG Wiki. Yeah, MTG Fandom. Mm-hmm. So. Ma- oh, okay, so eighth edition was two thousand three. Two thousand three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eighth right. edition is two thousand. Then I think they made the modern format in two thousand ten. Oh, okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, that's what that I makes think. more sense. Yeah, but I For could sure. also be wrong on that as yeah. well. I don't. So know. there's a lot. I'm I'm looking at the set list. There's a lot. There's a lot of sets that are legal in modern. Yeah. Um. When I first got, I think when I first got into Magic, like I, like, I knew nothing. Like just mm-hmm. just like anybody else for starting in the game. And then, because again, I went to I went to an F and M and played standard, mm-hmm. um, because I think like standard is the way most card games 
want to get you into their game. It's the easiest entry point and standard is like the most recent sets. Mm -hmm. Depending upon the game, um, like for Magic, it's the past two years, I think, normally. Um, Pokemon's a little different, I think, because their sets are, are they they spaced further out or? Pokemon's is a little bit weird because it's like, you can have five sets or something like that being rotated out of the format, mm-hmm. but it's not always the set amount. It oh. can also be four sets sometimes, or oh. it's five. You you really don't know until they post it. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Pokemon standards a little different. Okay. So, I want to um, say, like, probably, like, two to two and a half years. So, I, I also find it interesting. I'm, look, I'm looking at the set list for Modern mm-hmm. again. And I'm looking at the sets that released when I started playing. Yeah. It's starting to be a long list. <laughs> yep. So I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Rivals of Ixlon. Oh man, that's been playing yeah. for I've been playing for a bit now. <laughs> right. Not not a, not as long as some people, but still. And that was just, only like a year and a half after I started. So Yeah. I mean, you started Kaladesh, Kaladesh right? Yeah. So Eldritch Moon is already out, correct? Yeah. 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 So just yeah, that's just a few more sets, but my goodness, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, crazy. So uh, so anyway, yeah. So it there's a local modern tournament, and I for the longest for for a pretty long time, I've been wanting to get into the modern format. Yeah. Um, because I know it, modern is a pretty popular constructed format. I mean, I, I think Commander is probably the most popular format oh, in all of Magic. <laughs> um. Would you, what would you say is, is the uh, second? Oh, I actually think the, the tabletop format is the most popular, <laughs> where you just come together and play whatever cards you have. Uh, <laughs> which probably, honestly, that's probably the most. Yeah, is well, that even yeah, a yeah, format? Yeah. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> the way I started, because I and I remember, I remember sitting at the kitchen table too, no playmat, no nothing, yeah. just throwing the card down. I'm like, yeah. okay. I have no idea how this works, but we're going to see if we can figure it out together. <laughs> yep. So, which, you know what, like do more power to you. You want to, mm-hmm. you want to play. Don't let, don't let the two of us tell you you're playing it the wrong way. Yeah. Um, like the only time that really matters is, is in like a tournament or competitive setting. Mm-hmm. And even, even a competitive setting may not even matter depending upon mm-hmm. the competitive setting. You Especially know. if you come from a, a different game, especially Yu-Gi-Oh. If you uh-huh. play Magic when you came from Yu-Gi-Oh, you can use pretty much all the cards in Yu-Gi-Oh's history mm-hmm. inside of like their tournament setting. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, "Oh, I found these really cool cards that my dad had when he was, you know, whatever age." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Oh, I'm going to use some of these in this." And then you're like, "Wait, did you just drop like a, an OG dual land in this standard <laughs> tournament, dude?" <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I just came to play magic. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, it, this 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 actually reminds me. So today, I, today I was looking on Facebook for something, and somebody posted in one of the um, there's a DC deck building game group mm-hmm. that I'm in, um, and a lot of times people post like questions about like interact card interactions and how they work. Yeah. Um, and so somebody posted this picture. There was there's two cards. Okay. One card is Lady Vic. So this is a villain. It has an ongoing effect. It says ongoing, colon. You may discard this ability from play. If you do, plus two power. Okay. So the question is, this card is in play. This is from yeah. a Teen Titan set, okay. which a Teen Titan set is built around the, the, uh, the, the ongoing mechanic. Okay. 
Um, and so that that card, that villain card, is out on board. Mm-hmm. Okay. They then play the card Silent Armor. Silent Armor is a six-cost equipment, which states draw a card. It also states you may discard an ongoing card you control. If you do, gain the top card of the main deck and put it into your hand. Okay. So pretty, it's a pretty nice effect. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the question, the question in the group said, I have Lady Vic played as an ongoing card. So Lady Vic's out on board. When I play Silent Armor and decide to discard Lady Lady Vic to Silent Armor's effect, excuse me, does that trigger the ongoing effect of Lady Vic or only the Silent Armor effect will take place? As I read that, uh, the first thing that goes, that I'm thinking is, like, for me, playing Magic really helps inform mm. just about all other card games for me. Like, is it a cost or is it an effect, a part right, of this? Right. And then what is its state on the Lady Vic card itself? Right. So so the Lady Vic is, states, the only thing that it states is ongoing, colon. So it is an ongoing effect. Yeah. You may discard this card from play if you do plus two power. Okay. okay? So you can, di- if it's on board, you can discard it as a cost. Yeah. And then the, the effect of that cost is you get plus two power. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they were like, well, okay, I you have, have to resolve I, the effect of the other card correct, first. So. Correct. So you can't you you do not get both bonuses. Yeah. You like that's just it's not how now it if works. there was a stack, it would work like that. If there was a st- yeah. No, because, no, 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 no. Because it was no. the effect of get rid of a card. Then proceed with the rest of the effect. No, no. So Try and explain that to me again, because okay. because the, the way that the way that I'm like it doesn't work, right? It, for yeah, like, it, it doesn't it's not work. Gonna work for it's, the game. It's not going to work for the game, right? Um, but I'm I'm interested to see how you explain this and and, and how kind of help me kind of figure okay figure so, out through that. So what, but but before that, yeah. before that, um, because the way that I'm thinking about it is is it couldn't work because because with Silent Armor. Right, so silent armor. It the ETB is draw a card, right? Okay. So ETB draw a card, and then the other ETB ETBs you may discard an ongoing card to that effect. Yeah. But once you choose to discard the Lady Vic card mm-hmm. to that Lady Vic is now gone from the field, then you wouldn't be able. It's targeted by the effect of the card. Then while that target is on the stack, you can now sacrifice that card to gain the two power. Okay, that's if, where I'm talking. Okay, about yeah. It. If, if if it was worded, I yeah, it, yeah, it could be worded that way. Yes, yeah. the way that I'm thinking about it, because because there's there's actually multiple different ways you could word these. Yeah, to 100%. to 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 have the intended effect, like like Jim mm-hmm. is stating here. Um, but if the if if part of the cost is essentially sacrificing yeah, it. If it's cost, you can't. Right, right. If if the cost is sacrificing it, then you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's getting into very niche intricacies yeah. of rules, right? Yeah. And and we've talked about this before, right? You always go back to what's the intended effect? Like how is it intended to be played? So somebody so somebody commented and was like, we play it like you were suggesting. You get the two power from silent armor and get the top <laughs> card <laughs> because they are both May. You can choose to do those actions or not. Since you choose to do them, you 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 can you you can get both. We like liberal rules that make you think of ways to build your hand. Too rigid 
of play makes it less fun. <laughs> it's nice to think of ways that makes your triggers more powerful. I responded to that, and uh, I, the only thing I basically said was, that is absolutely not how it works. That's not the intended effect of how it works. Yeah. Um, but, but again- But I also like house rules. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. House rules absolutely are a thing. Like, if you want to- you want to play it a certain way, yeah. dude, like literally nothing is stopping It's like free you. parking. Take all the taxes <laughs> right, in the right, center right. of the Monopoly right. board. <laughs> but I feel like for the majority of card game players, like they yeah. they just couldn't bring themselves to do that because yeah. it's that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely can do it. You can play however you want in, in a house rule setting, right? Yeah. In kitchen table, you play however you want. Mm. But like, if you ever want to play in, if you ever want to play a game like semi-competitively, you know, we, again, we talked last week, we talked about casual competitive settings, right? Um, if you ever want to play in any com competitive setting, I, you feel like you have to know the game. You got to know the rule set. You have to know the rule set. But if, again, if it's a game like Disney Villainous, where I feel like the rules are so up in the air, mm. like you you have to know the the rule set for whatever yeah. tournament you're you're in, yeah. right? Um, so don't let us tell you you're playing the game wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you play the game however you want to play the game, but just be careful if you ever go to any sort of tournament setting, which yeah. is what we're focusing on today. Um, I just I thought that was a, a an interesting excuse me. An interesting interaction um, because, like I said, I feel like the majority of card game players were like, were super focused and like OCD yeah. so much when it comes to not rules, but just like what cards state, yeah. right? And how they're supposed to be interacted with. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I just, I, for like, I want to do it right. It's not a, for me, for me, it's not about, oh, I just want to get all these bonuses. I mean, that's nice. But the when when they were saying like it it's too rigid, I'm like that's part of the fun too, because like you have to make these difficult choices mm -hmm. of okay, which one is going to get me the most amount of power, right? And yep. in, in this case specifically, what's gonna get me the most amount of resources? Mm -hmm. Um so and I think I think that's why a lot of people like card games as well, because like you have to answer those strategic choices like every turn. Yeah. Right. So just something interesting and fun and funny that I kind of want. And I, I've got the post pulled up and there's like a bunch of people have posted and there's more people even posting. <laughs> but and then somebody also posted they went to BGG and they're like, here's the designer. Here's what they said. You know, again, yeah. BGG, great resource. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. So mm -hmm. tournament setting, know the rule set. <laughs> you got it. You got to know your rule set. Um so, um, yeah, Magic Modern. Modern is just – Modern's a format, man. Modern is uh, pretty, 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 pretty good. Probably my favorite format. How long have you been playing Modern? Ooh, that's a good question, Dan. How long have I been playing Modern? Since you started Magic, how long after did you pick up Modern? Oh, man. So it was Be like uh, so shortly after – Because when you got in, Brendan was already in Modern for the most part, uh, correct? Not not so much. He was he was heavily into standard, and then when I got in, he slowly started getting into modern. And then he's like, "Hey, let's play this format." I'm like, "I literally don't even have a standard deck." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "I don't even really know how to about? play yes, this game." Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yeah, did. I got rid of you it. You had Nighthawk Scavenger. I I got I got rid of everything. <laughs> um, he was about to quit. 
Vampire Nighthawk. <laughs> oh, that's right. Vampire Nighthawk. The Nighthawk scav isn't that a newer card? It's I pretty think, much I the same thing. I think I, I think it's the uh, new one from Zendikar. Yeah. <laughs> Night I'm looking it up now. Yeah. Nighthawk scavenger. And, and so I, I would say it probably is. It, it is a new one, yeah. yeah. I would say probably like a year to two years after I got into magic, I like really started dabbling in in modern, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't really own any of the cards. So the fetches were terribly expensive at that time, and they're still expensive, they're still expensive now. But they're but not it's as nowhere close to what no. it was a few it's, years ago. Especially with the reprintings. Yeah, there have been multiple reprints. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so which, if you don't know, um, the resources in Magic are, are all lands, right? They're essentially mm-hmm. all basic lands. Is the basic resource type. Yeah. The fetch lands come in, and they're essentially a dual land, right? Mm-hmm. So they can fetch. Um, one of two basic land types. Um, so, for instance, I Misty Rainforest is a Simic one. Of course, yep. I of course I know the Simic one offhand, <laughs> right? So, uh, blue and green. Scolding okay. Tarn. There, yep. <laughs> Red and blue. Yep. Um, <laughs> fi- what's Fiery Islet? Is that a uh, Fiery Islet? Is canopy a canopy ta- land? That's a canopy land. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, Misty Rainforest comes in untapped you can tap it and pay a life search for any forest not doesn't have to be a basic mm-hmm. any forest or island yep and then it comes into play the, mostly what you normally you do with your your uh, fetch lands is you fetch a shock land mm-hmm. which shock land you pay two life it come that shock land comes in untapped yep. and the shock land again for uh for simic is breeding pool okay mm-hmm. so you can find breeding pool comes in pay two life it untaps and then it taps for a blue, which is island, or forest, which is But green. you don't have to go find the one that says forest and island. It's Correct. forest or, or island. island. Yes. So Correct. you could use the, uh, why am I now forgetting its name, Misty Rainforest, yep. <laughs> to go find uh, a completely different one if you want. And now with the triomes, yeah. triomes yes. are, uh, they're three Those land so types. Good. They are super good. Yeah. Um, they don't so, enter untapped, right? Um, but um, they have three different they, colors. They do, they do if you have an amulet titan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. They do enter tapped. Amulet titan just untapped yeah. or um, yeah. um amulet and... amulet of vigor, amulet of vigor. I'm saying amulet titans. The name oh, of the deck, yeah. which we're yeah. gonna talk amulet about. Of it, vigor. But, which we're gonna talk about it. But yeah. anyway, um, so if you didn't know, that's 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 mm-hmm. that's what those are. Um, um, yeah. So modern. I've I just started getting into it. Um, mm-hmm. I've been wanting to get into it for a while. Um, so what we wanted to do is we've got like kind of three tips, okay? That they're they're pretty broad, um, but I think I think apply to just about any type of tournament setting mm-hmm. that you're wanting to get into, okay? Yeah. Um, so we're gonna talk about them, and then we're kind of we're kind of gonna discuss it amongst ourselves, like how we're gonna apply it excuse me, for what we're doing in the tournaments that we are entering. Okay. Um, so the first one, the first one is know your play style. Yeah. Okay. Now I feel like know your play style is very important. You know, we, we've talked about, we've kind of talked about this in a, in a few different episodes, right? Like you want to have fun, right? Mm-hmm. You want, you want to play decks that you find fun. Okay. Um, the again the biggest danger the biggest danger is losing interest in the game that you once loved right Mm -hmm. um like that that's the biggest danger right because you know if you're if you're if you're not having fun then you're just you're going to stop playing 
Um, but also like that can very much deter you from competing and winning. Yeah. Right. And if you're, tr- if you're trying to win money and you know, some of these tournaments are decent money, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that can help you out. Um, then, you know, that's, that, that's not good as well. Right. Um, so know your play style is huge. Right. So for me, right. Jim hates green, but I like green. I've always really liked green. Like, uh, to be honest, green's my favorite color mm-hmm. just in everything. I, I like green as a color. I mean, I also, I also find it interesting I, from, I, I also think I, I've seen something somewhere. I, I'll have to find it. But like a lot of gingers like the color green for some, which is really weird. Because it's contrasting. Yes. I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> So for whatever reason, I've always liked green. Color. <laughs> I've always liked, yeah, on the color wheel, it's the opposite, right? So yeah, red and green are complementary. Mm-hmm. But what's it's weird? I don't. I'm not a big gruel player. Yeah, <laughs> gruel is uh, the red and green. Gruel color, is gross. Is a red and green <laughs> color combination magic. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm not a big gruel player. Gruel's cool, but just no, not, not not for me. Um, no, so I've I've always found myself drawn towards. Anything green. Mm-hmm. Um, I, lo- I really enjoy Simic, mm-hmm. which who doesn't? Yeah, who that doesn't? Guy. That right, guy. guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've, I've, I've always been drawn to green. Um, anything that's creature-based, um, I've always found interest in. Um, but also, like, just the way that I play decks, I tend to enjoy mid-range lists mm-hmm. and or combo decks. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that I like about combo decks is um, it's really you really got to be thinking through combo decks because you have to know your lines. You have to know your lines and like the lines. It's not the same thing every time. Yeah. A lot of the times because like while your end goal might be the same, like how you get there, mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to mm-hmm. get there. Um, and so when I first found out about the deck amulet titan i mean i was immediately like like around that time too like i was trying to build a uh, jund lands deck for commander right so i'm big i was big into the lands mechanic and like Mm -hmm. how it worked because this was really my first card game where like you had to have your resources your lands built into your deck right before that i was playing a lot of digital card games um where your resources were um just automatic, yeah, right? Automatically Hearth, hearth, hearthstone, turn. turn one, you get a resource. Next turn, you get a resource, and so on and so forth. Mm. So um, while the lands mechanic is super old school, <laughs> um, it was new to me, right? Yeah. So understanding that mechanic and then landfall, under, re- finding that. Um, I mean, magic, magic as a game has just had so many iterations over the years, and... Um, they've really found new and interesting ways to design around their existing mechanics. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I found, when I discovered Lance, I'm like, all right, what is this? And then I found Amulet Titan, and I'm like, oh, these these come in tapped, but then Mm -hmm. they can bounce a land, and then they just untap, and then they tap for two. I was immediately like, okay, I think that's a deck I'm going (laughs) to eventually end up playing. Right. So, like, that was... Like that was me, and so once I saw that, and that, and that was years ago, like mm-hmm. that deck, and mm-hmm. so that deck is still around. Yeah. The thing that's with modern, um, you correct me if I'm wrong, right? I, f- um, uh, these archetypes, mm-hmm. okay, 
are similar. These archetypes just stay around for a while. They just keep getting new and different cards added yeah. to their lists, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, pretty much the only thing that doesn't always stick around are fair decks in modern. The ones <laughs> yeah. that are just like can you land yeah, and like play something like a turn. Also a little bit like a tempo deck as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Um, but it's just looking to do like one or two things every single turn. Nothing too crazy to accelerate the the board state. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when when we're talking about dropping a, a primeval titan on turn three is a completely different story than being like, oh, here's a Liliana and we're both going to discard. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I get a little value from right. what's in my graveyard right. if I got, like, now a, uh, why can't I think of his name, Tarmogoyf out on board, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so, but, yeah, it's sometimes fair decks will still be around. And as yeah. of right now, Jund isn't, like, too, too high up on the meta list, but it's still, it's still. So, and and when, when Jim says fair decks, essentially essentially yeah. what we mean when, when we say fair deck is, like like we just talked about, in digital card games, a lot a lot of it was turn one, you get one resource. Turn two, yeah. you get another resource. So now you're yeah. at two resources. Turn three. So by turn five, you have five resources yeah. to go on turn five. Mm -hmm. In Magic, that's the same thing with your land drops, right? Turn one, there's one land. You got one resource. Yeah. And then so on and so forth. Two, three, four, and so on and so forth. Tron for the first three turns, or first two <laughs> turns is a fair deck, yeah. right? You're like, oh, one mana, two mana. What do you mean three mana turned into seven mana? Yep. And then it's like, nah, all right, now uh, now we're playing not right. fair so, magic. So, so Primeval Titan is a six mana card. Okay? Yeah. So it costs four, four colorless and two green mana. Okay. For a six, six, which states when he ETBs, you can go find any two lands in your deck and put them onto the any battlefield two tapped. Lands. Any two Except lands. that amulet triggers and, and they then don't amulet, they're not then they come <laughs> yeah. So if and then you give them haste, and so, then you swing and so, do it again. So if you're talking about a <laughs> a card that costs six mana, and then I can cast it on turn three, yeah. Like we were going over lines the other day of multiple how, ways to of do how multiple ways of how to do it. So yeah. we're like, all right, does this card work? Okay, what if we take this one out and put this one? And can we still make it to where we get amulet or uh, prime prime time? Yeah. Nickname is prime time, right? You get prime time on turn three. We're like, okay, yeah, it still works. It still works. Yeah. Okay, so that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've all been playing a game, right? Any game to where you do something like that, right? It's like that card is supposed to cost you six mana, but you're casting it now on turn two or turn three yeah. when you're not supposed to be able yeah. to, do, to, yeah. to do that, right? Yeah. It's figuring out ways to manipulate the game, <laughs> manipulate the game, right? But you're not, right? And I was telling Dan, like, I'll, as I'm looking through the list of a lot of the meta decks, I'm like, it looks like Burn is just the most fair deck, which is crazy to say. Right. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's just nuts because it's also a combo deck. Did you know that? Burn? Yeah. How so? It's a seven-card combo where it's all lightning bolts to the face <laughs> to just kill them. Yeah. Seven-card combo. Yeah. So by the time – I just realized this. By the time yeah. this podcast airs, yeah. um, we – so if you caught us on stream last weekend, we we probably were prepping. We were probably yeah. tournament prepping. Um, so I really – because we, re we record these episodes like a week in advance. Mm -hmm. Um 
So yeah, by the time you're watching this, um, if you haven't, if you didn't catch us on stream, go check out the stream and pretty much the entire stream is just going to be us prepping and talking about the meta and just figuring out basically just, just prepping, right? Just straight tournament prepping. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just realize that. So go check that out. <laughs> um, so, so Jim, like what, what kind of, what, what is your play style? Like what decks do you normally tend to find yourselves playing? For me, it's very few creatures. Yep. I don't really like to think about creatures out, out on board. I want to keep stuff hidden in my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, whether whether it is I'm I'm kind of playing aggressive mm-hmm. just with spell slinging, mm-hmm. I just want to be throwing cards out there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Instant speed stuff, even sorcery stuff, I don't mm-hmm. I don't really care cuz I still like doing things on my turn as well, mm-hmm. especially if they're good effects, right? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I want to be controlling the board and then just throwing damage over my opponent's stuff to where they just can't stop it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing too is like I I think I think it's more important, maybe not necessarily important, but like I would stick to looking at play styles and and not looking at colors, right? Yeah. When you're trying to find a deck to play, like know what know what type of deck you like to play mm-hmm. not not like oh like like I said I like green I'm just gonna find just green stuff yeah I, I don't do that like you're you're restricting yourself too much right mm-hmm. because when we get into the next point uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute like you could find yourselves not finding a lot yeah. of good decks to play which again just you don't even have to look at the meta and say okay I'm gonna pick one of these you don't necessarily have to do that you don't yeah. have to. But you still need to know them, right? Mm-hmm. So that le- and that leads us into our next point, right? Uh, one one thing I did want to go sure. over as well. Yeah. So knowing your playstyle is very important. Mm-hmm. But you can, especially if you're like newer to the game, you can find a deck that's just really easy to play. Mm-hmm. That's not so much your playstyle; it's just a really strong deck, and you can be like, "I really like this deck," mm-hmm. right? So I'm not too big into graveyard strategies. Oh, I love graveyard but strategies. When, I, when uh, a few years ago, there was a card from Modern Horizons One. I, for, <laughs> I why can't I remember? I, his I, dude, name I, right I, now. I, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, yeah. gonna, I'll pull he's, it up. He's a Golgari card. Yep, he is yep. a he's a big boy. He was he was so broken. I think he's the he's second banned. most. Yeah, yeah he's he, he got banned. Format. Yep, he got he got banned super quick. The the deck was Hogak. Hogak, yep, Hogak, there we go. I got him. Um, so this card really utilized the graveyard. And so I, I got it pulled up too. Okay, and so you would essentially mill your entire deck and play him a couple times every turn, and then eventually mill your opponent out. And this was like turn two, turn mm-hmm. three. Like for sure, they were dead on turn mm-hmm. three. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, this this guy was just ridiculously OP. I think he's the second most broken deck inside of modern ever. How now? What do you mean by that though? Like, what do you mean the so, second most broken? So how, if we're talking, how do you gauge that? So there are, um, I guess, talking about like tournament showings of list, oh, and okay. also they uh, a lot of places will do a no ban list modern. Uh, tournament <laughs> yeah and cloud post is always the number one deck eldrazi cloud post okay is the most broken deck in the entire modern format okay all right um and yeah we're talking about every card off the ban list That's and this crazy. one is still showing like over 60 percent of destroying everything wow. of top eights wow so um yeah so like you can you know you can have a play style um, but you can also find these other decks that you really like, and it's like, 
man, I don't normally like to do this stuff, but this deck is dumb. Right. So, yeah, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But before before we do, (laughs) uh, I want to read the card. So Hogak, Arisen Necropolis, okay? Mm -hmm. It's a seven-mana card. So five co- <laughs> is he though? Five colorless, five <laughs> colorless, and Golgari, Golgari, meaning it's five colorless and a black, green, and a yeah, it's hybrid, hybrid mana. Yeah. So black or green and another black or green. Okay, mm-hmm. legendary creature avatar. You can't spend mana to cast this spell, <laughs> and it also has convoke and delve. Okay, uh, convoke is each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for a colorless mana. Okay, or one mana of that creature's color. Okay, mm-hmm. so if it's a green creature, it can pay for a green mana. Or if it's a black zombie. Correct. If it's a black token zombie creature. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now, delve is each card you exile from your graveyard pays for a colorless mana. Okay, and then it also states you may cast Hogak, Arisen Necropolis, from your graveyard. Trample, and it's an eight-eight. So it's an 8-8 trampling beater. Dan, how could you possibly get this out on turn two? Fill your graveyard. There's multiple (laughs) ways you could do it. Fill your graveyard, turn one, um, and turn two. And yeah, it's it's the deck's stupid. But you do you do need to have two creatures out on board, correct? Yeah, but there's a, an enchantment for that that gets you. Oh, there is. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with modern. It's like, yeah, dude, there's a card for that. Don't worry yeah, about it. There's a card for that. <laughs> if there, if there's, if there's a slogan for formats, moderns is don't worry. There's a card. For <laughs> <laughs> not in Pioneer, like not yeah, not yet. Pioneer's yeah. too new, and their card pool's not there yet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, modern. There's a card for that, <laughs> dude. That's a shirt design. I'm oh, I'm man. I'm writing it down now. Modern. There's a card for that. Yeah. Oh, that should be one of our emotes for the Twitch. Yes. Twitch chat. There's a card. Yeah, there's for There's a it. card for that. <laughs> what card is this? Oh, there's a card for that. Yeah, oh, that's don't worry great. About that's that. great. We'll find it. Yeah. Um, all right, so 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 th- this leads us into the next thing we want to talk about is knowing the meta and knowing the format, right? Mm-hmm. So originally we kind of had these separate, but we thought it made more sense to talk about them together, right? Mm-hmm. So it's knowing the format meta. So I think it makes more sense to say know the format meta too, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there's so many ways you can do this. You know, last couple a couple weeks ago, I think we talked about net decking, right? So embrace it. And tournament, turn if you're a tournament yeah. player, I mean you're you're doing it, period, end of story. You are, mm-hmm. right? I don't think there's any good tournament player who's not doing that because yeah. you have to. You have to research what the competition is doing, right? You have to know the cards you're looking to beat. Correct. You have exactly. To. Am I so, faster than all these other decks? Mm-hmm. Or am I playing a control list? Yep. All right, well now what control spells do I need? To yep. be taking out these Correct. cards. So I was doing a little bit of research the uh, past couple of days. Um, I found there's two sites that I that I like to utilize: uh, MTG Top Eight and mm-hmm. then MTG Goldfish. Um, Goldfish, I feel like Goldfish has got to be one of the premier places to just oh, yeah. look at look at what's going on in, in the formats, yeah. the meta in the formats. They um, show like all the big events, yeah, or bigger events, and same thing with MTGO. They have like all that stuff recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, those these sites aggregate all the tournament results for players looking to figure out what's going on in mm-hmm. in the meta games, right? So, like for modern, right? I, I I'd go over to MG, MTG Top Eight, and then I look at like it shows you the last major events and then the last twenty events. Mm-hmm. 
the nice thing is MTG Top 8 gives you a meta breakdown. Mm-hmm. And according to MTG Top 8, um, 46% of the field is aggro lists, I feel like, which is a lot. 46% is, is a good chunk. Con- 24% control and then 30% combo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a pretty, pretty good spread. That's a pretty good spread. That's a pretty yep. healthy spread. One thing mm-hmm. that I did notice, um, which standard never used to never be like this. And I don't feel like it's still, I don't, I don't know what standard looks like right now, but I looked at a tournament, the top eight decks, they were all different decks, save one. There were in the top oh, eight decks, wow. in the top eight decks, there were That's seven nuts. different decks. That's crazy. That was, I believe that 10 K SCG con in Dallas. Wow. Yes. So in that, in that tournament, the first place deck was a core toolbox deck Second place was Omnath Elementals. Mm-hmm. Third and fourth place, Crashing Footfalls Cascade. There was an Amulet Titan deck, a Creatures Toolbox Toolbox deck, a Living End deck, and then a blue red aggro deck. Mm. So that's that's crazy. Yeah. So we, we talk about like healthy metagames and deck diversity. That's that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is having these so many different types of decks inside the tournament, right? Yeah. So like that's pretty great. So you know I look you look at top you look at MTG top eight. So I pull up modern, and so I'm looking at the top decks right. So for aggro like seven percent aggro is blue red aggro. The seven percent is crashing footfalls cascade. Then I look at control like four per, four color control. Uh, it looks like an Omnath control list, yep. and that's seven percent. And the next the next largest. Uh, share for that is five percent blue white control. Yeah, um, blue white control is so strong. Mm-hmm. They have so many stupid cards. And then the next thing is three percent is Urzatron or Tron. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a mono green control list. Right. So what is the green card? What is what is the you green have, card in you that have list? Two green cards. Well, you could have more in the sideboard. Uh, right. Some list will play Thrag Tusk, oh, which just yeah. gets you more health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so the the two main boarded cards oh. are ancient ancient stirrings, and ancient stirrings. Scrying. I always mix those two up. I'm yeah. like ancient scrying. I'm like no, no that's no, not no, it. No. <laughs> yeah, ancient stirrings it basically pulls you a colorless card. Yeah, and then Sylvan, and the top five Sylvan scrying gets you a land. For a land. Yeah, yeah, many yeah, land. Yep, I know that because I played that in a lot of my commander decks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which Very is a, good it's, which is a good card. Very yeah, it's good. it's a good card because it because it hits any land. And and like Dan was saying earlier, I'm not a big fan of green, but it's like there really isn't a whole lot of green in here, even though it's a mono <laughs> yeah, green list. Right, it's right, all like right, colorless. Right. And again, it's a control list mm-hmm. and you just play like big dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. And and on so <clears throat> I, I enjoy control lists as well. Yeah. Um like when I found myself playing control lists like on Arena, I'm like, mm-hmm. these these decks are kind of fun. I yeah. mean that's what I really love about card games is all these different types of decks that you think you enjoy playing one thing and then you go play something else. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. And then you're like, oh, no, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So for me, right, I mean, I know the deck I'm playing, right? I, I've, I've got my deck. And so now I'm at the point now to where I'm like, all right. What specific cards, like, how am I going to toolbox this deck? Like, and mm-hmm. toolbox isn't necessarily, isn't the right word, but it is for my deck. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely for, for his, my deck, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, but I, I'm trying to figure out, like, there's lands where I'm like, okay. So if you guys don't know what toolbox is yeah, in these for card sure. games, yes. it's, 
it's a lot of one ofs, but you have a really easy time to go find exactly what you need to be able to stop whatever deck it is. So like when we were talking about uh, Primetime, Primeval Titan, uh, on ETB, he can go look for two lands and then also when it attacks. Mm -hmm. So he can go find a land, say, say his opponent really likes having the graveyard. All right, well, now he can go look for a Bajuka Bog yep. and exile target player's graveyard. Yep. Or if he's versed in a control list, he wants to go look for that Cavern of Souls and call what? Elemental Titan? I don't I don't even remember what he is. Uh, 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 it's a giant. Oh, is he giant? Okay. Yeah, it's a giant. So, so then that way, all the future prime times that come out onto the board, if he taps it with this Cavern of Souls, they can't be countered. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very, very powerful stuff. Yeah. Along with, he's also playing the the Karn. I forget his name. Karn, uh, great Creator. Great Creator, yeah. which is a Planeswalker. He can do a minus two ability. Minus two. Minus two. Go into the side deck that he has mm -hmm. and take an artifact from there and put it into your hand. Yeah. When I first saw the Karn version mm -hmm. of Amulet Titan, I'm like... Dude, this looks <laughs> sick. This yeah, looks nice. so cool. And and normally you only have access to the cards in your side deck mm -hmm. in between every single turn. It's yeah. like, all right, I'm going to take cards from my main deck out. And in, swap in between each game. Yeah, my bad. In between each game. Did mm -hmm. I say turn? Yeah, you said turn. That'd be broken, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, the, the, thing, the thing about Amulet Titan, too, is... The lands are super toolboxy yeah. too, yeah. because there's there's the the land cycle from Adventures in Forgotten Realms. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, those. Things. There's um, I'm not sure what the land cycle is called, but like the blue one, Hall the Storm Giants, mm -hmm. you can turn it into a seven seven with Ward three. Yeah, costs six mana to do that, so mm -hmm. that's a good chunk of uh, that's a good chunk of resources. Mm -hmm. But I think the better land is I think the better land to use in this situation is like Layer of the Hydra. Yep. Um, it's uh, the activated ability costs X and a green. More importantly, it taps for green. Like mm -hmm. if from a colored mana standpoint, I am in much die. I am in more dire need of green yeah. than blue. Right. I don't need blue, but green. Yes. So layer of the Hydra, the activated ability costs X and a green to where you can pay X and a green and then turn the land into an XX green Hydra. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it, that is so much more versatile than pay six, turn it into a seven, seven, mm -hmm. right? Because you could also turn it into a three, three. If you turn it into it. a three, three as a blocker, right? Which maybe, maybe it dies, mm -hmm. but, but being able to block mm -hmm. like a living end, yeah. you know, honestly, just pay two mana, mm -hmm. pay two mana, keeping that thing untapped. I mean, you, you would need three mana essentially yeah. to, to do that. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of different use cases. Yeah, there's a, there's Whether so you many be different defensive, use cases. Or you need to go on the offensive, mm -hmm. and you're like, yeah. okay, this is how much damage I'm going to mm -hmm. have with creatures out on board. Mm -hmm. Prime time is going to get in for an attack for sure. The Valakut mm -hmm. trigger. Okay, now it looks like I need five more damage. Let me go ahead and pump mm -hmm. this guy and yeah. swing in as well. Yeah, yeah, um, and then. There's like Teleri West being able mm -hmm. to transmute. Look, look for, look for a zero cost card. Yeah. What What would you look for, Jim? What would you look for with uh with Teleri West? You know, if it was me, I just love Valakut so much. <laughs> True. <laughs> but also, you can do that. Uh, also the Summoner's Pact. Yeah, Summoner's That's Pact. That's like the number one. Which card. is a zero cost card, which says you can go find any creature in your deck. Yeah. Any creature. A prime time. 
Yep, probably. <laughs> Most likely. Or a Cultivator Colossus. Yeah, maybe. whatever you need. Whatever you need. Yeah. Or a Emrakul. Yeah, or an Emrakul. That's fine. And any, yeah, it's, yeah. So <laughs> the the thing that is when Urza's Saga got printed, mm-hmm. Urza's Saga is such a busted card. card. Is so good. It is so good. It's the card enchan- is so good in that deck. It is. It oh is. It's, it's insane. So Urza's Saga is an enchantment land, okay? Mm-hmm. Which there's three steps, okay? <laughs> Step one, or chapter one, it can tap for a colorless mana. Chapter two, it cannot still tap for the colorless mana, or you can pay two mana and tap it to make a zero zero artifact construct, Ooh, yeah. which has, it gets plus one, plus one for all your artifacts you control. Mm-hmm. So regardless, it's going to be a one, one, mm-hmm. and then just gets bigger from there. Chapter three. Chapter three states on chapter three you sacrifice urza saga mm-hmm. and then go search for a one or zero cost artifact what'd you probably go search out now it's obviously dependent <laughs> obviously it's dependent but you're all i mean i'm only running like five artifacts yeah. if it was me right inside <laughs> playing this deck it's either amulet of vigor yep. or i'm going to for that expo that map expo map yep <laughs> to then go get another urza saga yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the, and make cra- more constructs. But the crazy, the crazy thing mm-hmm. about Urza Saga, a, a lot of the times, I feel like it, the normal thing to think about when talking about these sagas is, like, let's say you drop Urza Saga turn one, yeah. right? Turn three, I'm not expecting to you to be able to use it mm-hmm. on turn three. On turn three, I'm just expecting to sacrifice it to that Go ability. Get the but with Urza Saga, you can still because this happens in your main phase. Yeah. You can tap it for colorless, or you can pay two and tap it to create a construct. Mm-hmm. So it's you. Oh, it's crazy. So. Yep. Over the life of the Urza Saga, you can potentially make two. You can potentially tap it for a colorless, and create two artifact, two constructs, which are now two twos, which are now two twos, two of them. Okay, and then, but then it no, no, they're not. Now they become three. There are three threes. Now they become three. Yes, because (laughs) because you're finding an artifact and it's going straight to field. Yeah, Yeah, Urza Saga is a busted card. The first time I saw it, I'm like. The first time I saw it, I just saw land. I'm like, oh, land. I can so, go. so real quick, it is technically 2-2 two, two because your opponent can still hold that other one out on the stack if there was something mm-hmm. that they had of yeah. like deal two damage to a creature. Right, right. So, yes, there's still 2-2s. Two right. But once it fully resolves, once it fully resolves yes. and you go get that uh, that that artifact and put it out mm-hmm. onto the field, right. now you have two 3-3s three right. out on board. Right, right. Yeah. So... Yeah, Urza Saga. So the Urza Sagas are now multiple yeah. copies of your um, Amulet of Vigor or your ex- Expedition map. Yeah. Like, that's the thing about tutors, right? <laughs> that, like, once before I really got into, into card games in general, I never really thought about. Mm-hmm. But tutors find your best cards. So essentially, they're acting like n- more copies of your best cards because yeah. you're going to find them. Yeah. Um, and in this deck in particular, there's so many of those types of cards. Mm-hmm. You have your four Urza Sagas, you have your four Summoner's Packs, mm-hmm. okay, which can find any creature. Then you have two Teleria Wests, at least, 
right? And, and again, you know, you can modify these numbers however to then you go see find fit. Any land in your deck, or, or summoner's pack, summoner's pack. To then go find any creature in your deck. Expedition map finds you any land. Yeah. It, 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 that's the thing. It's like there's so many different lines. Yeah. And this is what I talk about with the combos, right? There's so many different lines. Yeah. It's like, what tool do you need from your box real quick <laughs> yeah. to take? I need a screwdriver. I'll take this hammer. And, and you know and you know what else? With Kamigawa, Neo, ne Neon Dynasty, Baseju, who yeah. endures? Busted card. That is such a cool card. I mean, you're telling me I just pay one in a green and discard it to then blow up any enchantment so, artifact. So this is or the other land? thing, right? Like you have so like he was just going over with this card, discarding it from your hand. You have a lot of bounce lands in the deck yep. that enter tapped, bounce a card from the field out uh, land. into your yeah, a land, uh back into your hand, and then it enters tapped. Well, except then Amulet of Vigor untaps, untaps it, and then it, you right. have two mana chill in there. Right. So then he now has the Besaju chilling in hand. Now if you want to do that effect of discarding it, now you can. Or you have the, what is it, Radiant Fountain? Yeah, Radiant To where Fountain. if you ever need to gain more life, okay, put it back in. The Bounce the Vesuva back to your mm -hmm. hand if you now want a different target out on there. And see, the Vesuva just acts as another copy yeah. of another land. Yeah, of any other of land. Of any other land that you need. Mm -hmm. Oh, I need I need to exile your graveyard again? Okay, Vesuva, copy Bajuka Bog. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so or cool. Or Bounce the Bajuka Bog and then do Car it again. Exactly, exactly. It's nuts. It's, it, it's so crazy. Um. Yeah, like Radiant Fountain, when I was when we were um, playtesting, mm -hmm. he was playing Burn, mm -hmm. right? I'm like, okay, I'm I'm highly prioritizing Radiant Fountain yeah. here because yeah. I'm going to need the life. I'm yeah. going to need the life. And mm -hmm. I did, right? So many times I'm like, all right, Radiant Fountain, Vesuva, I'm copying Radiant Fountain just yep. to gain that life, yep. just to keep me in a healthy life total. Mm -hmm. And then I'll hit you for 18 and one time. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> after after Wait, I me. thought about it, I'm like, did I just hit you for 18? Holy cow! Yeah. I love this deck. It was nuts. <laughs> um, it was it was so crazy because it was like after that game, you hit me for 18. I play a shockland. I'm like, oh man, I'm in lethal range right now. <laughs> I go to 18. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, are, are you sure you want it to come in untapped? <laughs> I don't have a choice. So, yeah, that was, that was so fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, like, as we were talking about it, right, um, I'm like, okay, do do I want to have Crucible of Worlds in the sideboard, right? So, specifically talking about Besaju, right? Because uh, Crucible of Worlds is a three-mana artifact, I believe, which states you can play lands mm -hmm. from your graveyard, right? Yeah. So, if I discard a Besaju to blow up a Blood Moon or something, mm -hmm. then I can play that from yard, mm -hmm. from my graveyard, and then potentially bounce it back to my hand, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, like, Crucible of Worlds in a Karn list, okay, where it's searchable, Super the only problem... Not problem, but the only thing is I just have to play Karn to mm -hmm. then go find the Crucible of Worlds to yep. then play it. So it's slow from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, but but that card is already a grindy card, so you correct. know the game is going to take right. a bit longer. Right, right. So the only que the question, the question that I need to answer, right, because I'm legitimately considering putting it in the sideboard, right, mm -hmm. is do I think it's going to be worth it for the slot, for the card slot in the mm -hmm. sideboard? Like, that's the question. And as we get closer, like, we'll just see how prevalent, like, land destruction is right. or a control deck. Right. 
right? Because then you could also be playing the Field of Ruin, mm-hmm. um, the Strip Mine, or mm-hmm. whatever card right. is right. going to be for land hate. And then you're just like, all right, well, now let me keep destroying this stuff. Right, right. Um, and, and so, like, we, we talk about knowing your format meta, your format meta, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, when we're looking at all these sites, like MTG Top 8 and MTG, MTG Goldfish, amazing resources, definitely utilize them, right? And honestly, like, even if you're not playing in a tournament, like, just just to see what decks are out there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What I like to do, honestly, is if I'm not, like, legacy, right? I'll just look at the decks and be like, okay, what is this deck doing? Yeah. And I just read the cards and say, oh, that is a very cool synergy, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, like, that's how I enjoy finding these different card synergies. And like, oh, maybe I want to put that into a commander deck or, or whatever. But I think it, I always find it very interesting just finding these synergies, yep. right? Because that's the only way I'm going to find them, right? I'm mm-hmm. not going to find it by... Going Unless under, you just know the cards, right, right? Right, Like that's like you th- – with Magic, there's so many, mm-hmm. so many different sets, so many cards out there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where I'm looking at – especially in like the blue and red stuff, blue, red, and black. Mm-hmm. Like I'll really be able to notice something. It's yeah. like, oh, man, this could work with this and this and this. Yeah. But yeah. if you show right. me like some green and white cards or, right. you know, colors I'm not used to, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't really know what to do with this. Because I never play this stuff. Mm-hmm. So. so like for me, like with Amulet Titan specifically, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at all the different Amulet Titan lists. I'm not mm-hmm. finding any that are playing Karn. Because I found one list on one YouTube channel that ran it. I watched the video. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. I want to play that. Yeah. I, I want to put this card in my deck for yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm trying to find all – like no other lists that I'm finding <laughs> – is running it. But then I'm watching all these other videos and then all these other matches and I'm like, dude, Karn is would be amazing yeah, here yeah. because f- like even forget about the artifact that I'm going to find because mm-hmm. like I know what artifact I'd use, right? It's just Karn's just a huge threat mm-hmm. that the my opponent is then waste wasting. They're using all these other resources. Yeah. On that card, right? Yep. So now I have they've they've used their removal on that. Now I have an open spot for prime time or or cultivator classes or something else. But like the thing with combo decks in general is, I think, is you you know what the payoff is. Your opponent knows what the payoff is, yeah. right? Yeah. So you need to have forget about different ways and different lines to get to your uh, payoff. Mm -hmm. You need to have other ways of closing out the game and finishing it. You Mm -hmm. can't just rely on, okay. in like in, in email Titan specifically, you can't just rely on primeval Titan. If your opponent knows that's all you've got, then you've got a problem. You do have a problem, right? It it also gives you the upper hand when it comes to a game one setting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because it's like a lot of decks, you'll have a sideboard that is like, okay, when I'm going up against this one deck, I will now be bringing in these cards. Well, then you have to find those cards in your deck Mm -hmm. to where when it comes to the Karn inside of this list, well, you now have a bunch of one-ofs in your sideboard and you're like, okay, this one is going to be really good against this deck. Mm-hmm. I need to go get this one card. Mm-hmm. So rather than you having no chance in a game one, if it's like 100% chance you lose if you don't have these cards, well, then having the Karn gives you that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go into the deck. It's now not shuffled in, and now you got to find it at some point directly into hand, mm-hmm. and now you can play it. Right, right. So with Karn, in spe- with Karn specifically, right, the only question you need to answer is, 
do I still play Karn yeah. or do I just put those cards directly into the deck? Because the and the only time you're going to do that is if you're playing against a super fast deck. Yeah. Right. To where if you're searching with Karn, you're too slow. Yeah. Right. Because then the question is, okay, I have to play out Karn. <laughs> I have to find that other card. Then play like a, a good example is Engineered Explosives. Right. Engineered Explosives is a. Uh, it's a, it's an artifact, I believe, cost XX. Okay, yeah. comes in with X charge counters on it, <clears throat> and then you can pay two, sacrifice it, and then destroy each nine lane permanent with uh, mana value that's X. Okay, yeah. if you're playing that with Karn, you got to pay four for Karn. It's so good against tokens. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Two yes. mana destroy all tokens. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but if you're playing something that even just costs one mana. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, burn has a couple. Burn, burn's got a few, right? Yeah. You have to pay, you have to get to the four. Like your threshold isn't just four mm -hmm. because you have to play out Karn. Then you have to go search for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you have to pay the two just to play it to put one charge counter on it. Then you have to pay two more. Yep. So you're that's eight mana, right? Yeah. Which it like eight isn't a difficult threshold to get for this deck in particular it's the time that it takes to get there yeah that's the problem <laughs> and so like there was one turn where i drew into that because i boarded it in mm -hmm. and then um i can't remember if i won that game or not but i took out i believe i took I out two remember. cards i took out two or one yeah. card yeah, I'm but sure like i put that card on and now he knows it's a threat mm -hmm. so he's got to do something about it yeah um, but just using Karn is just too slow in, yeah. in that per particular uh, spot. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so th this this goes goes into our last point. So the last point that we have is you've got you have know your play style, right? So the, you you've you know what kind of decks you like to play. At this point, you've chosen a deck that you're going to play. Okay, you've done some research into the meta into the format, right? You know what decks are out there, okay? And so now it comes to knowing your deck, okay? Now it comes down to building your deck and then knowing your deck, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where, like, for me, we're kind of in, like, step two and three, right? We're researching, and like, the, the whole research phase, that's going to take a while. It takes a while, right? It's not just, a, okay, we looked and we've seen... Okay, now, now you're done. Like that that's not how it goes. <laughs> like a lot of the times it's if you know upcoming events, look at the events. Uh, most of these events are they're public information. Mm -hmm. And again, the decks get posted. Uh, everything gets posted. Look at the deck list that people are playing mm -hmm. because that gives you info on what other people are playing and then what other people potentially will play as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you know what to prepare for. So that's kind of where we're at. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at a lot of these amulet titan lists just to see what those decks are playing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Looking at the, one of the top decks, this Merc Tide Regent, it's an, is it, it's basically an, is it, it's aggro. It's yeah, an, is it aggro yeah. list, yeah. right? Um, so I need a lot of graveyard hate, <laughs> a lot of graveyard hate, um, burn, burns a top one. And then this crashing footfalls list, right? Rhinos. Which looks really cool. Um, I, when I find list, I'm like, what in the world, which happens a lot with a lot of these decks. I'm like, what in the world mm -hmm. is this deck? I, what is it built around? It is. And that deck runs. I, blood say, I think that they deck just runs. Blood I think moon. they cascade into this and yes. on turn three and then just have some rhinos. Yeah. I think yeah. it's what? Two, four, four. I think it's haste? two, four, fours. Yeah. Crashing footfalls, trample? two, four, four green rhinos with trample. Yeah. Okay. With trample. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, <laughs> but it's preparing for this. So like they're running blood moons, blood moon, all right, Baseju. <laughs> No. Besaju takes care of that, no problem. Yeah. Um, they're running an, uh, and I, I, I've seen this. They're running an Ashiok Dream Render, yeah. So you can't search, mm-hmm. right? So that that sucks when I have That's to search my intact, search my deck. Ashiok Dream Render is, is such a good sideboard card, yeah, for sure. Um, I've I've <clears> loved <throat> playing that card in Commander because you know how much people search in Commander, oh, oh nearly yeah. all the time. Yeah. I ran I, I ran that in my Muldrotha list. <laughs> I remember a grapple. There was uh, one guy who was sitting to the left of me, uh-huh. and um, he I think he was playing Sultai something. Okay. And uh, I I went first, or I, I went right before him. And on my turn three, I played the Ashiok, and oh. he's just like, dude, really? <laughs> like, he was getting ready to cultivate and, and do other stuff. I'm like, Glad we stopped that. Yeah, yeah. Ashok is such a good yeah. guy, and there have been multiple times too where, where I love I, hate bear cards. Yeah. What is wrong yeah. with me, <laughs> dude? I do too. Like, I hate playing against it, but I also love playing it. Right? Yeah. There was a time where, like, I played on Ashok, mm-hmm. and then I think it was Tyler. Yeah, I think he went to cast cultivate or something, and I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, like can't. you can't. I'll let you take the spell back because it's still legal spell to cast. You can still cast a spell. You just don't get the effect. I'll let you take it back, but (laughs) you can't do that. (laughs) And I'm like, I won't even activate Ash. I'll just leave him out on the field. Yeah. Or if they're not paying attention and they have fetches. That was the thing with with War of the Spark. Those, oh. Dude, that that, that so many good cards. That was the set that introduced static abilities on Planeswalkers. Um, That was such a good set. Yeah, it was so good. Such a good set. Um. (laughs) Yeah, like Ashok. Ashok is. Oh yeah, I was just thinking about her. There she is. That Chandra over there. Yeah. Oh no. Is that the one? That, no, that's uh, M twenty. That's M twenty one. Oh, is that's it? Awakened oh, okay. Inferno. Oh yeah, that's Awakened I love Inferno. that one too. The one from War of the Spark was good too. Yeah. They they were all really good. Yeah. The Ral Zarek to just kill someone mm-hmm. with their infinite combo. Oh, uh, the Obnixilus one. Oh, what was where that? Where your opponent opponent draws a card. When your opponents draw a card, they lose a life. Ooh. I'm pretty sure. Ooh. I mean, I okay. want to. I want to double check here, because um, because mm-hmm. Obnixilus is coming back. Well, is back. I think in the next like yeah, yeah the, the next, next set, set. which um, I, he's Rakdos in this next one. I think. All right, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Obnixilus, the hate twisted, and this was an uncommon planeswalker. That was <laughs> the thing too. Like that was this is the first oh, set yeah, where right. they were un- they had uncommon planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. But whenever an opponent draws a card, Obnixilus, the Hate Twisted, deals a damage to that player. Play him with, in uh, Nekazar. Yes. Oh, they do. 100%. Dro- oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. 100% it's in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's literally Nekazar's effect. Yep. It just, is. It is. Yep. Just one less damage. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, okay. So know your deck, right? Yeah. So know what's out there and then figure out figure out what specific cards because at this point you've already have like a shell, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to figure out what cards specific cards like for 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 I mean for Amulet Titan, for mm-hmm. instance, okay? You know you're running four Primeval Titans, four Amulet of Vigors, four Urza Sagas. Yep. There's a good chunk of the deck that's already made up for you, mm-hmm. right? For for if you're not running for arboreal grazers, you're wrong. Fight me, for you real though, straight you're wrong. up. You you run it, okay? We'll see other one, Sakura. S- Sakura Tribe Scout. Yeah. So we were okay. We were having this discussion, right? So Sakura Tribe Scout is a one mana one one 
which has an activated ability, tap it, put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And it's not tapped, I believe. I don't believe it's tapped. But the yeah. problem in a fat, my point was in a fast format, um, Sakura Tribe Scout is so much worse yeah. because you don't get the effect right away. Okay. Number one. Number two, it's got to survive for a turn. It's, it's a one one dice literally to literally everything. anything. Literally anything, it's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, it's you know got. You doesn't die too? Grazer. Yeah, that's true because Grazer's a, a zero three. <laughs> but the upside, the upside, yeah. especially in a format where Ragavon is is mm-hmm. is a, is a thing. Which what's is Ragavon a two one? Yeah, he's a two one. Yeah, so mm-hmm. unlikely Ragavon's attacking into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, if you have a Grazer, a zero three body is blocking a lot of early game threats yeah. and surviving. Yeah, right. Yeah. He survives pretty much everything turn one. Yeah. So the ceiling is Except for a lightning the ball. ceiling for Sakura Tribe Scout is higher. Yeah. But I just don't think you're ever getting yeah. there. It's it's you're barely you're not getting off the floor, I don't think. Yeah, it's a lot more grindy mind. because it's just all right, turn two I can do this effect, turn yeah. three I can do this effect, turn right. four. If it's there, you can do yes. this effect. Right. Or you right. can give yourself the guaranteed ETB zero three play right. another land. Right. Right. Which then makes it to where turn two you're dropping your dryad, is which is what you really want. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like the 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 game the play mm-hmm. the best play you want is turn one grazer turn yep grazer. turn one uh, grazer into a bounce land returning that the first land you played, mm. and then turn three you can play a turn three threat like a dryad, yeah, and then play out another land, yeah, and so by turn three by turn three you have five mana. Wouldn't the best turn one be land, grazer, um, untapped land, amulet of vigor? No, with grazer, yeah. the land comes untapped. Oh, oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. So that's terrible. That's, that's, that's a downside to grazer <laughs> okay. is it comes untapped. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, so a, good, a good play would be turn one, um, amulet of vigor, mm-hmm. turn two, grazer, mm-hmm. into a bounce land, yeah. okay, and then untap it. Yeah. And now you have access to three mana. Yeah. So, yeah, that's even better than, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because then on turn two, turn two, you put down Grazer and you have a Dryad yeah. and you have your Amulet on turn yeah. two. Yeah. Which is huge. Which. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I guess oh, regardless, well, you can well, make no, it happen. No, because then you have four mana. You have four mana turn two because turn one forest. Yeah. Okay, tap four? forest. Yeah. For your um, amulet. Amulet of vigor. Okay. Turn two. Oh, yeah, because then that comes in untapped. Untapped. And after you tap it yeah. for the grazer, you still have you that still... two mana up. Oh, yeah, that's an even yeah. better line. Yeah, that's a better line. Wow, all right. We, we made it line. even better. That's such a good line. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, and and have a, have an Urza Saga. Yeah. Yeah. So, like we were saying, yeah. <laughs> um, in a combo deck, like you have to know all. You gotta these know your lines, yeah. To do, yeah, because you, you really do. Like, I, we we had a podcast with um, Stephen from mm. Team Covenant. Uh, I believe it was like episode forty. I want to say, but um, I don't even know what we were talking about. I think we were talking about Flesh and Blood. But he was like, I've been thinking about lines like all day, yeah. and that's what we like when <laughs> when when some like when a card game player says they're thinking about lines. This is what we're talking about. Turn one, I do this. Turn two, I do this. Turn three, I do this. Yeah, that's what we mean when we say talking about lines, like mm. thinking about all of these lines of play, mm. like way ahead of time. So when you get into that situation, you know, mm. okay, here's what I'm gonna do. 
Like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Which, going into gold fishing, yeah. which is a thing. Yes. Some people call it proxy hands. Yeah. Uh, I used to call it that because the UVL. first time I heard this term, I'm like, "What yeah. in the world is so?" This? It's just like you, you know, you shuffle up your cards, you put it out there, you draw your cards, you draw your seven hand, you figure out if you're mulliganing or not, and you pretty much just play not so much against yourself, right? But you're getting used to the so you're getting the repetition down of what your lines are essentially. It's like okay, land going to grazer, but like we were just talking about, well. Maybe land into amulet, and then like you this start is, trying different things. This is things. awkward because I have the microphone yeah. right in front of my face, yeah. so I'm trying to shuffle my <laughs> Pokemon deck here. But I have so, I had this deck like just off. Yeah. Camera. So so then like you know you could also do it in in other games, especially Pokemon, because you're not really like playing against an opponent. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know you're just like how fast can I do this? What are the proper plays for me to be doing in order to get to these specific moments inside the card game? Right. For for Pokemon, it's like, okay, going if I'm going first, which why do you want to go first? If I'm going first, I need to make it sure to where in two turns I have my pretty much fully evolved Pokemon along with the proper amount of energies that you need on top of it as well. So you want to make it as fast as humanly possible inside the deck. It's pretty good. Looks it's good. Not not terrible. All right, I it's mean, not terrible. No no resources, but yeah. that's all right. So I have I have multiple basic Pokemon. <laughs> so in uh, in with gold an fishing, N? oh yeah, this is this yeah. is a good hand. So Perfect. in in goldfish or with gold fishing, you're just essentially playing against yourself. Mm-hmm. You could say, yeah, or you're just seeing what you can do with the cards that right. were given to you. At that so moment. so if you're listening, um, I've got my Pokemon deck um, off camera. Pulled it out, started shuffling it. I drew a hand of seven cards. No, this right. is only uh, 59. Yeah, because I've got one card <laughs> off to the side. Which, sorry, right. I don't want that card in my opening hand yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I drew a hand of seven cards, and I'm like, all right. So if I drew this hand. Why okay, wouldn't you want that card in your opening hand? If you have, like, Ultra Ball, you pitch that thing. Yeah, it, yeah, depend. yeah. That's true. You're yeah. you're not wrong. Or you're even wrong. like right uh, because this card, professor's this, research, because this car, uh, professor's research is shuffle it back in your deck. Oh, uh, professor's. Uh, uh, yeah, I I'm I don't run the one. Um, oh, sycamore. Yeah, I don't run sycamore. I thought I thought those ones were uh, discard Maybe draw two. seven. Maybe two. Not not Professor Oak's theory. Not no. I'm not talking. I'm saying professor's research. Uh, which I think is Professor Juniper is discard your hand and draw okay. seven, which yeah, I Yeah, so I same thing with Sycamore, that. and then they later turned it into Professor's Research, which is that effect. Right, which I don't, I run Professor Oak's new theory, not research. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I run research. So yeah, Juniper, there, same Sycamore, effect. same thing. Yeah, it's the same effect, yeah. Yeah. That card's amazing in opening hand. Yeah, you're, you're right, you're <laughs> right. It, it's, it is. So, like, I've got, I've for here, I've got one, two... Four basic Pokemon. Mm-hmm. All right. And then Jirachi. Mm-hmm. If I'm going second, yeah, that's that's a pretty good one to have. Mm. So, yeah, this is a pretty good opening hand. So I'd figure out how I get everything set up. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's there's a basic. There's my starting Pokemon. I've got these ones on the bench. And, and then I've got these here chilling in hand. Then I probably play this. Mm-hmm. It's doing this just like over and over and over just to figure out like, yeah. okay, with this deck, I've drawn here's, – here's what some of these opening hands are going to look like. So yeah. goldfishing is huge. Mm-hmm. Goldfishing is super, super beneficial. Which if you're playing a control list, it's a little bit harder yeah, to do that because, harder. again, you're not – more so playing your deck, you're playing your opponent's deck. Right. 
Because you're not playing proactively. Yeah, pretty much. Those at decks, all. those decks, like control decks, are reactive in nature. The only control deck that I can think of that tends to be proactive, um, that's not banned. <laughs> so I was going to say Splinter Twins eventually turns proactive in order to win. That's true. Um, yeah. Would be Jeskai Control, because they're playing um, Lightning Bolt. Okay. And they're also playing Lightning Helix as well. So lightning they can take, yeah. So, <laughs> oh my God, Lightning Helix. <laughs> um, so they're playing these burn spells yeah. to slowly take down your opponent. Yeah. And then they also have the Snapcaster Mage to then bring yeah. those back yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, like there's so much, obviously you know this, but there's so much thinking. That goes in. That goes into all of this, right? Yeah. It's it's it is so much more than I'm going to pick a deck. I'm going to buy the cards and so I'm much so research. sit down and play. So much research. And you can do that, but you're probably not going to do very well. Yeah. Um, like fortune, fortune favors the prepared, yeah. not the bold. Fortune favors the prepared. <laughs> um, being like it, it is. It's bold enough that you're entering a tournament, right? <laughs> but it's way more than just entering it. You really mm. do have to prepare, and that's where. Again, these sites, YouTube, like YouTube is such a big oh, resource, yeah. such a big resource. If you have a new deck that you're trying to learn for a tournament, someone out there plays it on MTGO, mm -hmm. most likely. Yep. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, now go watch them play five rounds with your deck, see how they do, see what problem decks that that were out there for them mm -hmm. and see how you could make the deck better yeah. as well. Yeah. So, so honestly, like if you don't like magic, but if you're, if you're a card game player mm -hmm. and you are like, ah, magic's really not for me to be honest, I'd encourage you to get into it just from the standpoint of learn the game, mm -hmm. learn the rules, like learn a format and then just follow it. Right. For me, I've, what I've really found is magic helps inform all of these other card games that we play. Mm. It's real. It's so much. And all except for Yu-Gi-Oh, honestly. To, and to be <laughs> honest, like all of these other games, they were, you know what? I hate to break it to you, but they were built on the back of magic. Mm. So many, like, I, I think, I think about Justin Gary, right? So Justin Gary's a designer. He designed Ascension, um, with, uh, Brian Kibler, I believe helped him. Um, but he's also on a new game, uh, called Soulforge Fusion, which is super interesting. And, um, we kind of want to get into, mm -hmm. um, was on Kickstarter a few months ago. I'm not sure when it comes to retail, but it's relatively soon, I think. Um, but Big Magic player. <laughs> when we talked about net decking that episode, there was um, that article that we referenced. There was um, he was mentioned in there, um, and at the time of the what was it, the dojo? He was yeah. a, he was a younger kid, yeah. um, but a lot a lot of these designers in the card game space have mm -hmm. roots in Magic. Mm -hmm. If you've played Star Realms and Hero Realms, Brad Dotery and um, Darwin Castle. Yeah, they're magic players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian, Brian Kibler helped des helped design Ascension, and I think I think a couple other games Hall from of Famer Magic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, um, if, if you've played, um, oh shoot, what's that one? Eternal, Eternal, um, Louis Scott Vargas, LSV, mm. still a Hall of Fame Magic player. Yeah, um, right, he's in Hall of Fame, I yeah, believe. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's so many people in the mm. card game space play magic, right? And like honestly, I'm never gonna tell somebody you need to and you you don't <laughs> need to, but honestly, I would highly suggest you do. 
Um, Even aside from other card games, right? You look at board games. How many board games do you play that you have to manage a resource? Um, well, uh, every single one of oh, them. Oh, a bunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, how many? Uh, how many board games is it to where like you kind of have to know what your opponent is going to do and work around it? None of them. Not a single one out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, like every one yeah, of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're into strategy board games, right? right? Yeah, right, yeah. Right. You don't got to do right. that at all. <laughs> but a lot of these designers, like they'll they'll even say, "Yeah, we we got a lot of this from Magic. Like the the things that we've that we learned mm. while playing Magic." Um, yeah. It just, I mean, there, there's a thing to going first. There is a thing to being the first to market, right? Mm -hmm. If you're the first to market, everyone is learning from you, good and bad, yeah. good and bad. And honestly, with magic, there's a lot of both. There's a lot of good <laughs> and there's a lot of bad. Yeah. Um, and you, you get on the internet, you'll hear about both. Mm -hmm. um, like in today's day and age, you'll probably hear more about the negative than you will the positive. <laughs> But I mean, that's just the nature of, you know, society and culture and where we are now. Yep. Um, but I really encourage you, like, and honestly, to to be quite honest with you, we talked about this, I think, in the net decking episode, I think. Um, the comprehensive rules, it's like 200 and so, how many pages? There's, so much. There's a specific card interaction with um, Amulet Titan, a dryad of the Ilseen Grove, and one other card. It's called Dress Down. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's an enchantment with flash and basically says creatures lose all abilities. Okay. So the, the enchantment states creatures lose all abilities. Mm -hmm. Dryad of the Ilzean Grove states um, lands you control are every basic land type in addition to their other types. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it turns your forests into a mountain, an island, uh, everything else. Yeah. But the big thing for Anal Titan is it turns it into a mountain, right? For Valakit. That that's the big thing, right? Yeah. So you would think that if you have Dryad of the Elsian Grove out and then your opponent plays Dress Down, mm -hmm. which says um, creatures lose all abilities, you would think that Dryad would lose that ability yeah. where it turns all of your lands into all the other basic lands. Yeah. Don't work like that. Now, does it work like that if they had the if uh, they are casting the dryad, flash out the the dress down, and when it enters, it doesn't even have that ability at all to activate? No. Huh. Because That's weird. because of there's there's a rule. It's it's basically layers. There's like the how the layers work. Mm -hmm. Because of where the layer for um, granting your lands, these other types, that's like layer four, mm -hmm. okay? And because it treats the card, the, you have to look at the object you're referencing. And in this reference, we're talking about a card, right? A dryad, where it gives your lands, these other types, that's layer four, mm -hmm. okay? Where you lose, where dress down comes into play, and uh, there's another one like Ichthyomorphous, I think, um, where it says... Other cards lose abilities. That's layer six. Yeah. So layer four happens before layer six. Right. So since layer four happens first, you still get that effect from Dryad. Hmm. But what you do lose from Dryad is the ability to play another land. Right, right. So that one, because that's like layer eight. That is also really That's big. layer eight, I mm -hmm. think. So you do get the first thing. You lose the second thing because of the thing from Dress Down. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. But... You know, you know, like we said in modern, there's a card for that. 
You know, another thing that you can say about magic, there's a rule for that. There's a rule there for that. really is. <laughs> and there should be. Yeah. There should be. Like yeah. when you're talking about a strategic card game. This game's been out for how long, Dan? Almost 30 years, Jim. <laughs> 28 right now, I think. 28 years. 28 years. Yeah. Um, but like there was some there was something where I saw where it said the game needs to function the same if it's played in Japan, Brazil. China or the United States, the outcome needs to be the same for each interaction everywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you, there's no room for, well, this is how we play it at my house. (laughs) Again, you in that, in that situation, you can play it like that for sure. But in a tournament setting Mm -hmm. where rules matter, they have to come out. They have to function the same way for everybody. So I don't know if you know That's where I like magic too. In, in Yu-Gi-Oh, right, there's a ban list, mm-hmm. but the ban list is different in the U.S. than it is in Japan. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there's no international tournaments? Oh, no, there are. There's a world championship that happens every single year, really? and they come up with a new ban list no. for it. Really? It's nuts, what? man. <laughs> That's crazy. So all the cards that you would have been, like, super used to the previous week at a local's whatever... Mm-hmm. You now go into the tournament, and it can be completely banned. Really? Yeah, going into a world's tournament, tournament, and then when you come back from the world's tournament, you can start using them again. That's crazy. It's like they combine both of the uh, the ban list together, uh-huh. and then they throw more cards on top of it. That's crazy. Just to change up the format That's for crazy. for worlds. Yeah, That's it's crazy. nuts. That's crazy. So, all right. Well, those are our tips. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if you just f- keep following us, like we're gonna be prepping for these. So. Um, the tournament, there's a, there, the local tournament that we're talking about happens the end of May. Uh, I believe it's the end of May, uh, for that tournament. That's a thousand dollar, uh, prize pool tournament. The 25th? Uh, I think it's a, yeah, I think it is the 25th. Okay. I believe it's the 25th. Um, so that's a thousand dollar prize pool tournament. And then there's another tournament that is in middle or to late July. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe that's a $20,000 prize pool tournament. Um, so when I saw, because <laughs> I think today I'm like I'm looking up just local tournaments, because mm-hmm. um, I'm like, you know what? I've got a deck, and this is a pretty good deck, and I want to really learn it. Why not? Why not go to go <laughs> to a tournament? Because honestly, it can only help. Yeah. Like it can only help me as a player yeah. just get better, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. So that was kind of what spurred on the today's topic so um yeah keep following us we're going to be kind of uh prepping on first on some streams um Mm -hmm. like i said if you caught us last stream we'll probably do it for a couple other streams as well um just kind of work that in uh just help us to get some more game time and then proxy up some other lists try to get it so um yeah jim where can people find you oh wait a minute i'm forgetting Uh a pretty big thing here Uh oh where were we forgetting card of the week card of the week it's a good one because so, it's a weak card. So, so we 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 talk about we talk about knowing your playstyle, yeah. right? And so when I um when I was trying to build some Pokemon decks, this is another deck that I have been wanting to build yeah. for yeah. a long time. And this is a legacy deck. Dan handed me a bunch of cards. He's like, put this deck together. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I put like 56 of the cards together. The majority, together of, them, or something the majority like that. of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right, here you go. This yep. is what you're Yep. So I figured out what I was missing. Um, and so this card. This is a great card. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is a Pokemon, right? This is Execute. 
So Execute is a basic Pokemon. Uh, this is from um, Plasma Freeze. I believe this is from Plasma Freeze. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll pull it up just to be certain here in a minute. But so Execute, Grass-type Pokemon, 30 HP. The, big, the only thing I care about with this card is its ability. So the ability is Propagation, which states, once during your turn before you attack, if this Pokemon is in your discard pile, you may put this Pokemon into your hand. Yeah, yep. so we talk about graveyard strategies. Um, that was that was like how I first kind of got into Commander, right? Mm -hmm. Was Moldrotha. Two weeks ago, we talked about, we talked about Moldrotha, right? And that was my first deck, and I thought it was so amazing that you could um, just utilize your graveyard mm -hmm. as an extra hand. Uh, to, so to me, I don't even know how I found out about this deck, uh, really. Um, I think what had happened was I think I just Googled, again, the power of the Internet. Internet is just <laughs> so amazing. Like I just look at like popular Pokemon decks, yeah. and then I came across this list. Okay, It's called Weavile Eggs. So it uses the executes as discard fodder. There's a lot of cards, okay? The biggest two um, um, being Weavile, and then the other is Junk Arm. Junk, junk Arm is the other big one. So, um, Jim, can you can you tell the people, like, discarding is a big thing in it's Pokemon. It's huge, because you're also just getting a whole lot of cards from your other cards yeah because a lot there's a, a lot of the cards state mm. like on level balls a lot of the the ultra ball the the junk arm the professor's research or sycamore part part of the ball. cost of a lot of these cards yeah. is discarding a card yeah. okay to find something else from your deck mm -hmm. um computer search is another one yeah. discard two cards i believe to find any card computer search is great i'm pretty sure it's discard uh, uh, pretty sure it is discard two is that the uh tutor anything I, I was thinking of computer research, which is a reveal a Pokemon, put it into deck, take out a different Pokemon. But is that the one you're talking about, the one of in your list? Yeah, the one of, yeah. Okay, then yeah. Yeah, that one's get anything. Yeah, computer search. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, computer, computer search, and there's also computer research. Computer research, yeah, yeah. right, right. So, um, yeah, computer, compu yeah, computer search. It's discard yeah. two, find any one card in your deck. A spec. Yeah, a spec. Great card. Um, but the another big one is junk arm, where discard two cards from your hand, search your discard for a trainer card, mm -hmm. show it to your opponent, and put it into your hand. You can't you can't get a junk arm with yeah. junk arm itself. And same thing with Ultra Ball. Discard two cards, go search through your deck for a Pokemon, put it right in the hand. Yep. Yep. So when you need stuff to discard, that's why you have executes. Yep. Discard the execute, return execute to your hand, right? Yep. To to use it for other discard effects. So where you want execute, you want execute in your discard pile. So mm. the quicker you get your executes to your discard pile, the better you are for the rest of the game. Yeah. Okay. So now the deck needs a finisher. So the finisher for this is Weavile. So Weavile's big effect is Vilify. So Vilify, discard as many Pokemon, Pokemon specifically, as you like from your hand. This attack does 30 damage times the number of Pokemon you discarded. Mm -hmm. So if you discard four executes <laughs> from your hand, that's 120 damage, yeah. which KOs a lot of Pokemon in Legacy, in Legacy yeah. in particular, yeah. right? So yeah, that one shot's a lot of Pokemon. Um, and so, two, two hit KOs are also really big in Pokemon mm -hmm, as yeah, well. Yeah. And the fact that you can do that to 
a bunch of the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And even if you put it to 150, right? So now if you're talking about 300, you're killing nearly everything in Pokemon mm-hmm. in two shots. Yep. Yep. So the downside to Weavile is the 90 HP, mm-hmm. but but just the the value from execute is what drove me to this card. Yeah. Like even to be honest, even if it's not that good, I love the <laughs> I love the fact that I take this card, pitch it to something. Okay, I'm gonna return it because of its ability. Yeah. Uh junk arm, I'm gonna pitch it again and then get it back. You can only do it yeah. once per turn, but still, like mm. the the fact that I'm able to every single yeah. turn discard it to something mm. and then get it back. I just thought that was the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this in particular just goes back to me playing what I love and enjoy and like <laughs> reminding me how much fun I'm, ha- I'm having playing this game. Like yep. it's just it's I think it's so cool. Like the fact that you can do this thing with this card. Yep. <laughs> so execute is is an is an amazing card. And like this, like this is the execute you play. Like this is the only execute honest. So to be honest, I don't know the Pokemon formats that, that well. Um, but I'm not sure what other versions of execute are played in other formats. Mm. Um, but, the only thing I can think of, uh, is they have an Alolan, uh, mm, executor. Yeah. Uh, which if, if he's a stage one Pokemon, then you would play the previous execute and then you would then evolve on top of him. Yeah, I'm trying to see it. Which is it, is time, it the GX one? Uh, so if it's a GX, yeah, it it could be a basic. That, okay, I just didn't know which one you were referencing. Yeah, it's probably a GX, um, but I don't know some. I don't know if some GXs are stage one and two, or if they're just basics. I don't know. This one is a stage one. Okay, so then yeah, the, it would work for this. Yeah. Yeah. So then you'd play whatever execute that is in standard format or mm-hmm. whatever format it right, is, right. and then play the Alolan Executor on top of it. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah. So execute, I I thought was the coolest thing. So I'm like, all right, man, <laughs> I gotta build this deck. And the funny thing is about this deck, we talk about resources. There's like seven resources in, in the whole deck. Yeah. 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 Se- seven energies in the whole deck, and so many of the deck is finding <laughs> like finding your cards or drawing cards mm-hmm. um draw seven yeah. cards draw from seven one card. yeah it's 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 pretty Nuts. it's pretty crazy yeah yeah so po- pokemon legacy is a pretty cool format mm-hmm. um we talk about fair magic like pokemon legacy is probably the would you say it's the most fair of the formats or no uh no I, like i don't even know what would be considered fair in, in Pokemon. There, honestly, there is no fair in Pokemon. No, I, yeah, 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 there is. In Pokemon TCGO, oh, the, the theme decks. The theme decks, yeah. That's the most That's fair That's the you most can fair get. you're going to get. But even at that, there's when like some decks are just better than others. Yeah, by no, a for lot. sure. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's probably the most fair mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to yeah, get. So, decks. yeah. So that is a uh, card of the week, I think. Is that six? I don't even know what number we're on anymore, to be honest. But that's card of the week for this week. Uh, <laughs> execute if you're not, if you've never played Pokemon, check it out. It's a super. It's a, it's fun. It is a lot of fun. Um, honestly, Pokemon is probably the game if you got young younger kids and you mm. want to get them in a, into card games, trading cards, collectible card games. Pokemon is a great great place to start. For sure, great place to start. Um, there's so much history and lore now around the game. 
it's a super great game to get kids into and it's a really easy thing Mm -hmm. to get your kids into as well so honestly i'm looking forward to when my kids are older getting them into pokemon um i'm looking forward to that to be honest with you i I think um it's just for me it's waiting waiting till they're at the age where they can really understand it right Um, it's first and i know that's going to be a while and that's okay um but and if they don't like it they don't like it you know it is what it is um but too bad yeah (laughs) you're playing it okay (laughs) anyway so all right well that was that wow dude i that this episode literally flew by i know right I did not expect I, – I, I'm not surprised, to be yeah. honest. I did not expect to be talking about this for an yeah. hour and a half. But it, like I said, I remember, I'm not surprised. I remember looking at the timer. It was like 15 minutes. I look back 57. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We, we know how to pick them, right? Right. So, all right, Jim, where can people find you on yeah. uh, the internet? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram at JimMorganHNH. You guys can find me on Twitter at underscore DG Campbell. And on Instagram at Daniel.G.Campbell. And like I said, head over to our website, www.hobbiesandhappiness.com. Find links to all of our socials there as well as our podcast. And, uh, yeah, pretty much everything's there on our website. Um, check out our YouTube as well. So thanks, everybody, for being here. And who knows, Jim, maybe by, maybe by next week, Elon Musk will own Twitter. Who knows? I hope so. It's a pretty crazy world out there. I hope he pumps up Bitcoin as well. <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be great. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. And we'll catch you in the next episode. See you, everybody. Take care. Um,